Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 206. I think it's all about recognizing a thousand aha moments every day and capitalizing on them and directing their futures. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I am so excited to introduce a very special guest, Steve Wood. Steve, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. This is just great, Mark. All right. Great to have you here. Steve Wood owns Panavia in Campbell, California. Panavia is an automotive engineering firm specializing in design, engineering, and building cars of your dreams. They build Cobras and Daytona Coupes, GT40s, Mustangs, Bosses, Tigers, Vipers, Stingrays, plus special builds to suit their customers' wishes. Steve and his talented team also do upgrades on vehicles, high-performance modifications, engines, custom fabrications, just about everything. And his cars have been featured on Jay Leno's Garage. And to quote Steve, we make the American dream happen. Steve, I told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little more about your history, your business, your interests, and of course, your passion for cars? I think the the passion for cars and really airplanes started when I was a kid. My father passed away when I was really, really young. Mm. And grandma and grandpa Wood had eight kids, my dad being one of them. Grandpa Wood flew B-17s and B-29s during the Second World War and into Korea. Wow. And then on the other side, Grandpa Ewing was in the, uh, an officer of the Navy. Mm-hmm. And so I, had, I, I believe I had some, some pretty good guidance and was pushed as a, as a small kid to go do things myself, learn and adapt and, and make things better. Eventually, one of Grandpa Wood's friends rolled up one day in a red Shelby Cobra, hmm. a streetcar config. And this is probably mid-1970s when this is happening in, in a little place called Gig Harbor, Washington. Hey, that's where I'm from. <laughs> that's where I'm talking oh, to yeah. you from today. That's yeah, the, 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 the Puget, you got to love Puget Sound area. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, Gig Harbor is a world away, and it's, it was a really neat place to grow up as a, as a little kid. Yeah. And Grandma Wood was very creative and forced me, instead of building things out of a regular old model airplane kit, we'd actually go build our own airplanes, build our own whatever it was. And I think that's really where the fervor came from for engineering things myself and, and doing it better than the other guy. Very cool. Fast forward a little bit. 
I became successful in the IT industries and, and was a global IT manager for years and a consultant for different startup uh, organizations. And that allowed me to have a couple extra bucks in the pocket. And when I wanted to get back into vintage cars and, and go enjoy them again, I discovered that I couldn't find a decent shop in the Bay Area that was going to do the level of engineering and what I wanted to go do. So we went and generated one. Very and that's cool. how Panavia was born. Wow. Our main concept that we talk about with our customers is the Saturday car. Uh, a lot of our customers do become friends, and the Saturday car is a very important thing. And I know a lot of guys, and women too, but uh, predominantly guys, they go through hell in their life. They have so many responsibilities, job, kids, wives, ex-wives, whatever, whatever it is. And Saturday morning, they walk out to their garage and they want to get into whatever their dream car is and maybe go have coffee with friends or whatever it is. Yep. And I want to make sure absolutely, without a doubt, that that is done to the nth degree, that, mm -hmm. that that thing works, everything works. It is absolutely impeccable in every manner and we've taken every consideration to make it work. Example is the car that was featured on Jay Leno's garage. Yeah. That Daytona Coupe went through a few iterations before the, the owner was finally happy with it. And the owner's actually become one of my, one of my best friends, Bruce Goldsmith. Okay. And that Daytona coupe is, is a testament to what we do and who we are. Very cool. It's an awesome car. I loved watching the show. I watched it again last night. You guys are building some incredible, incredible things. I think that's great. And we're going to learn a little bit more about them as we move through here, but I always like to start our journey with a success quote. And it's something that has been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Steve, take the wheel. I would think there are three quotes I like to use, and, and song lyrics always play a, a, a role in my life and mantras, as music is important to everyone. There's one I've used to sort of influence people, and that is from the Beastie Boys, No Sleep Till Brooklyn. <laughs> And that is, that is a mantra. And if, if I was a guy that had tattoos, which I'm not, I just don't, not into that, I would probably put no sleep till Brooklyn as a tattoo. <laughs> Very cool. The other one would probably be Admiral, I think her name was Admiral Grace, was ask forgiveness and not permission. Mm. I think that was a good, uh, and then the other one would be uh, nothing, substitute, uh, nothing substitutes a live fire demo. <laughs> um, I love those. The mantra, I think, is no sleep till Brooklyn means, you know, get your stuff done, just go. Yeah, no procrastination. Yep. How have you incorporated those others into your business? When testing things, when going forward, you push the envelope. You go figure out and verify. You have to look at telemetry um, and information on does this work. You can't take anything for granted in the automotive industry from any provider. There are so many questionable products that are purveyed to the hot rod enthusiast in the year 2015 that it's palpable. Mm -hmm. I personally find it disgusting, personally disgusting, how many half-baked products and half-developed products are actually purveyed to the enthusiast. Yeah, We spend a majority of our time uh, re-engineering something that was supposed to be a bolt-on or a clip-in or a just works, and a lot of it just doesn't. Yeah. So keep pushing the solution, keep pushing the paradigm, test and verify, test and verify, I think is the deal. How about the uh, ask forgiveness quote? How does that incorporate into your business and your life? That's usually with the wife. Ah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's just go do it. Uh, yeah. A lot of guys come in and they'll have a, uh, a spouse that is very controlling in that particular manner. And uh, usually the guy is a good guy. It's like, listen, you're a good guy. This is, there's, there's no way that you need to ask to do this. There you um, go. 
you know. So that's yeah. that's more of a that's more of a you know the spouse thing. I actually had a an ex not an not an ex wife. I had a, the wife of a customer who just would not come into the shop because she believed that we were doing the wrong work because we worked on performance cars and they weren't Priuses. Ah, oh goodness! And it okay, was just, you got to be kidding. <laughs> yeah, well, she can go shop somewhere else. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Well, I understand that. I'm real. I'm one of the fortunate guys. I've been married 30 plus years here to a wonderful wife, Jill, who has always supported my car habit. Good, Definitely good. a habit. Yeah, and always stood behind me when I wanted to buy that crazy vehicle or do that nutty thing or go vintage racing for 10, 11 years like I did. And she said, "Okay, go for it." I think she realized that it was it's an outlet, an escape from our hectic lives and the busy lives we have as professionals and parents and fathers and all that kind of thing. So fantastic. That's it. At the end of the day, you know, the, the coffee and automotive habit is actually cheaper than a psychiatrist. Yes, very much so. <laughs> Definitely. And as I always, my wife always says, I always know where to find you. You're not in a bar somewhere or a pool hall. You're out in the garage having fun. So that's where I spend most of my time. When I'm not talking to people like you, would you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars Tell me about that pivotal moment as you remember it when you really knew you were a car guy. When I was a little kid, there was a, a neighbor friend of ours named Bob. And Bob had a navy blue early 60s Mustang Fastback. Cool. With black interior. And I know it had an automatic. And, uh, and, and I was like four years old. And we go into this thing to go down to the store. And we, uh, we turn the corner and he drops it into low. He just takes the T-handle and just... Bam! Right, right against the the the, the gate of it, uh-huh. and lights the tires down the block. And I remember sliding across my little my little buns, sliding across the the interior bumps as I was seat belted in, but I was I was tiny. Yeah. And just the the noise and the sound and the rush of acceleration, and it was just. Um, I think at that point my life had changed. It bit you. <laughs> it bit hard. I was yeah. Like four, yeah. You know? Well, very cool. I think. I've heard that story from any guests. They get a ride from somebody or a ride in their dad's car or something like that. My, I just did a blog this week about falling in love with cars, and even my father posted something, that a story I hadn't heard about the first time he drove a, a vehicle on his farm across the field, and he put the, the throttle down too fast, and his dad fell off the back of the truck, and my dad just took off down one of the rows. So <laughs> I think that's when Oops. it bit him. Yeah, yeah. I think he might have gotten in a little trouble for that. Steve, what I'd love to do is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood here and ask you to share with us a huge challenge or even a great failure that you've faced in your career, maybe your life. But the most important part of this has to do with how you overcame it. And even more important, what did you learn from it? So the interesting thing is I myself am somewhat self-educated. I didn't go to a four-year university. I didn't get a management degree. I didn't get an MBA. And that held me back for a time in business when I was in the IT front. But my my mind and my self-learning skill and my adaptability of being able to reverse engineer things and engineer things and leap beyond concepts uh, really propelled me forward in my, my IT career, my consulting career, and my management career. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, regardless of your education, you have to rely on yourself at first and be able to delegate well and, and teach others. And yep. then have others adapt to your way of thinking to a point and then help them along the way. Because you cannot do everything by yourself. You need to surround yourself with good, positive people and then help them learn along with you on, on these things. 
that's kind of the story. Mm-hmm. It did it hold me back as a lot of times uh, in the mid nineties, I had a, a position with Siemens. I was actually applying for an optical engineering job as I, I used to do some uh, semiconductor machinery work and what have you engineering there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the HR lady at, at, at Siemens basically said, well, you don't, there's no way you could know what you know because <laughs> you don't have the paper. Right. And I am so thankful, thankful to her for being, uh, you know, basically an idiot. Uh, <laughs> I, am, I am so thankful to her for being just narrow-minded because I probably would have been trapped in a little job in Siemens in Palo Alto. Right. So I think the other piece of this, would you agree, has to do with being a good communicator? I think it's being a good commu- a communicator, but naturally having a curiosity that does not accept things verbatim from wherever they're provided from, mm-hmm. but checking out the engineering, checking out the metallurgy, verifying that that the findings are the findings, right. and verifying that the thing is the thing, but naturally being curious and asking why, yep, and asking how can this be better? How can every little bit be a little bit better? Excellent. Steve, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a story with us where you had one of those aha moments in business, one of those times when you realized that your idea was really going to be a good idea, was going to make it, had a lot of merit, and tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into your success. Oh, that's, that is a tough one. Aha moments happen every day. You just have to listen for them. Hmm. Some of them are only a couple of milliseconds long. I find that during swims or during uh, other activity, if I, if I start mulling over a problem, it'll, the solutions sometime will just appear. Mm-hmm. And it's always good, I, I feel, to have uh, whiteboards in front of you, even in, a, in an automotive shop. If you come into Panavia, you'll see whiteboards up on multiple surfaces, and that's for the mechanics and the, and, and the engineers to go draw things out and, and nail it down. There's not really a specific aha moment I can point to and say, this was the king of success, this was the cherry on the banana split. I think it's all about recognizing a thousand aha moments every day and capitalizing on them and directing their futures. Cool. And I think that's that's the cumulative success of the deal. Sure. Because if you think if you if you stare at just like a dish of ice cream in an ice cream shop or a gelato shop, how many different things had to happen to get that dish of ice cream in front of you? Right. You've got cows. You've got an ice cream plant. You got the guy who made the sugar, the, the the whipped cream guy. If you have an espresso with it, there's a coffee beans where the coffee beans come from. And every one of those single little subcomponents is an opportunity for an aha moment every day. Perfect. I love it. And a little side note, where did you come up or how did you come up with the name for your company, Panavia? So Panavia is also the name of an aircraft company in Europe that we are not related to. And when I was a very young man in the late 1970s, they came out with an aircraft called the Panavia Tornado. Uh, it was a variable geometry wing, little uh, little fighter plane. Mm-hmm. And then the British, Germans, and Italians, and the Saudis use them. Panavia is literally of the world by the air, is, is if, you, if you dissect the word. Mm-hmm. And the Panavia Tornado airplane, when I was a kid, had this very sophisticated radar that could do Mach 1 at treetop level. Wow. And that really excited my inner, my inner childhood captured German scientist. Yes. <laughs> and just always gravitated towards it. Later in the IT industries, S. Wood was always taken as a login. And mm-hmm. so I just started using Panavia, and then I used it as a login for the different web forums and things like this. And when we first started shops and, and, and what have you, before Panavia was a thing, people used to come in and ask, well, is that Panavia guy here? You know, and then uh, <laughs> yeah. it kind of became a thing, and so we decided to capitalize on it. Very cool. Another one of those aha moments that became something. Uh, fantastic. 
How about proudest moments in your career? I assume you've had a great many, but is there one in particular you could share with us? When I was a kid, there were a couple of different things. The manned moonshots, the space program from the Americans, and the space race against the Russians. That was, that was something I gravitated towards, my, my inner geek. And then the, the, the story of Shelby beating Ferrari at Le Mans. That yes. is just an epic tale of crushing the Italians. And when I read about these guys when I, were, when I was a kid, you know, I read about Carol Shelby and Bob Bondurant and Peter Brock and Phil Remington and a host of other folks, you know, John Morton and Alan Grant. I never dreamed that I would be friends with any of these folks because you're so far away. Right. And it's just a, it's another time and space thing. I became friends with Peter Brock a, a few years ago. Cool. And I had a, I have a little cobra named Lily, British Racing Green, and Lily is named after pictures of Lily by the Who. Oh, uh, yes. That's okay. another story. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Peter Brock and I were geeking out on Lily at Laguna Seca, and, you know, he looked at the modifications I did to make her, you know, be all that in the bag of chips. Yeah. And he looks up, and he's like, wow, Steve, an intelligently built cobra. Nice. And I was smitten. I was I was floored. I felt yes. like I was four years old. I was just it was just great. Here's Pete Brock, who designed the Stingray, you know, with with his with the team. Yep. Went on designed the Daytona Coupe, and here he is appreciating my work. Nice. I was, and so being friends with Pete Brock, I think is is and Bob Bondurant and and Alan Grant, has just been the. It's better than the cherry on top of the ice cream we talked about earlier. It is. It's like being a Star Wars fan and Han Solo and Chewbacca return your calls. It's <laughs> yes. it's really it's it's that level. It's 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 fantastic, and I'm 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 so humbled that they think uh, good things of my work. Pete Brock also paid me, I think, one of the highest compliments of all time. We were talking about the Daytona Coupes that we're working on for Goldsmith and myself. Mm-hmm. As I rescued my coupe out of Hurricane Katrina, and mm-hmm. we rebuilt number fifty four, and eventually it shows up uh, being invited to the Quail show with Peter Brock and, and, and uh, representative of his designs, which yes. was a greatest honor. Oh, yeah. And Pete hit me with this. He says, wow, Steve, we could have used you in the 1960s. <laughs> wow. What a wonderful thing. I was floored. And Pete, Pete's such a generous guy. And, and Bondo yeah. and, and, uh, and his wife, Pat, are, are hilarious. Uh, if you've ever met Pat Bondurant, she is just uh, just the bee's knees. <laughs> when, we, uh, when Bondo sees number 54, my Daytona Coupe, he pats its little nose like it's a horse. Nice. It's, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Very cool. I love that. I'm fortunate enough to be friends with Pete as well, and he's been a guest here on Cars. Yeah, he's a, a great guy. So I understand your your pride there when he says things like that because his uh, his life around vehicles is, is just iconic. So awesome. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? It doesn't have to be your first car, but the first car that really had a great meaning to you. And if you could share a memory you have with that vehicle? Well, we, I mean, there's so many because I've really been treating cars like a blackout bingo card. Yeah. And when I was a kid, you know, there was, there was parents' cars, there was, you know, there was uncles' cars and, and things like that that I, I gravitated towards. But cars, I mean, there's special moments in time where you just, everything kind of clicks and you have this, this moment with a car. It can be a view, it could be a drive, it could be a, a thing, it could be just standing, washing it in the driveway. But it's, it's a memory that, that sticks with you. When I was a kid, I had a, a 66 Mustang mm-hmm. that I still remember the VIN from. I mean, how much of a geek is that? <laughs> 6F07C288279. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> and so I got to go find that coupe at, at some point. But, man, we did terrible things to that car. We, 
we cut this, we drilled that, we, you know, but it was, it was fun. Mm -hmm. And we had a, a lot of fun with that car. I had a, a 67 Stingray that whenever I drove that, it was a, it was a Marina blue 67 coupe. And that car, you felt like George Jetson driving it around because it was such a 1960s spaceship. Oh yeah. And then I think the, the, another aha moment is I was driving uh, Bruce's Daytona coupe back from Monterey on one of its first test runs when we finally got things actually working and nailed out. It was, and it was a full moon night. I mean, it was beyond full moon. Wow. And here I am. I've got the moon glistening off this light blue Daytona coupe. And I look down the rear view mirror, uh, the side view mirror, and I see the fender line in the same view as the Momo Protocipo steering wheel with the holes drilled in it. Oh, yeah. And it was just an iconic, timeless moment that could have been from the 1960s or <laughs> the year 2010. Yeah. It just, and it was just, and that, that beautiful moonlit view of that light blue coupe is just, it's stuck in my head. I'll bet. Awesome. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've let go that one that you really wish you had back in the garage? Oh, that, that 67 Stingray. Mm. Yeah, I sold it right when the economy was going nuts, and in, in back in 2008, and you know I've talked to the owners since, and uh, it's it's actually been sold a couple of times since, and the the future owners of the car have not really done good by the car, in my opinion. I'm I'm very sad about that. Mm-hmm. That car, I wish I I I had back because I could have made it way better. Yeah, and it was a, it was a really nice that that Stingray. Well, I would say, and just you know, money money aside, it was a it was a small block Stingray, so it's nothing collectible, but. Um, I, I think my favorite car is the next one. <laughs> you know, we're we're building a pair of GT40s now, mm-hmm. and uh, by the time this episode airs, we might even have my GT40 in house from the Superformance factory in South Africa. Oh, cool! And there's social media links. If you go look up on the social media links, I'm sure you'll find pictures of it and, yeah. and different things. And uh, yeah, but I, I think my favorite car is the next one. There you go. Well, I was going to ask you about current projects that really have you excited and fired up. Would that be the one? The GT40s. Yeah. So uh, Bruce Goldsmith and I are doing a pair of GT40s, just like we did a pair of Daytona Coupes. And our goal is to make them the best GT40s of all time. We're taking a route that is a little bit different than your traditional GT40 route. I understand and applaud that GT40 had a significant history for Ford. But when you dissect and, and take apart a GT40 at its core... It's a Lola monocoque chassis from the Lola GT Mark VI. Mm-hmm. And then Ford restyled it with their stylists and, and what have you. The unfortunate part in 2014-15 now is getting a Ford engine that actually works, that actually doesn't leak, that actually produces power, oh, wow. is so difficult and so expensive that it's not even funny because the, the industry is absolutely infiltrated with imported junk. Mm. Uh, we have been bitten on our Ford side of the fence by imported basically junk. We've got companies that are saying that they're building things in America, and what they what they say is that they're what they're actually saying is that they assemble things in America. Yeah. For instance, we got bitten by some lifters with bad metallurgy from an imported source, and when we dug down into that provider, we discovered that it was foreign components, you know, put together in somebody's place in Florida. Right. And those foreign components did not have the metallurgy or the treatment to sustain, you know, high-performance use. Right. The 2008-2009 economic shuffle really harmed the hobbyist automotive industry. A lot of seriously good industrial might closed its doors, never to be open again. 
in the Americas. And yeah. so now we're dealing with imported, imported, imported. On the flip side, so these GT40s were actually going to be powering by LS7s oh. from GM Performance. Cool. The LS7 is one of my favorite motors of all time. The GM LS7 is actually one of my favorite motors of all time. 427 cubes, 7-liter displacement, aluminum block, mm-hmm. aluminum heads, titanium connecting rods, titanium valves, nice. forged steel crank, forged aluminum pistons, and it weighs 390 pounds. Man, incredible. That's a full 100 pounds lighter than the aluminum aluminum Ford config. Yep. And it starts at 550, 560 horsepower for the, for the crate motor config. Dr. Jamie Meyer at, at GM Performance has been very, uh, very supportive of Panavia. Because we have uh, Pete Brock has an LS7 in his Daytona Coupe. I have an LS7 in my Daytona Coupe. And it's an interesting religious paradigm with the Ford guys because half of them want to hang you. <laughs> and the other half realize what the motor is, and they kind of shrug, and they're like, it's a yeah, decent motor. Yeah, hard to deny. <laughs> We're probably going to anger some folks, but that's okay. Yep. But uh, these are, you know, these are our cars. There's uh, there's no part of them that were produced by Ford back in the 60s even because they were, it was all JW Automotive and, and, and Lola. Right. You know, as a contract manufacturer in England in the original cars. Very cool. And the Lola GT Mark VI actually went around Le Mans with a, uh, with a 327 Chevy in it. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, I'm sure we could do a whole show on talking about the change in dynamics of industry and manufacturing going offshore, but uh, we won't go down that path today. Let's go down a more fun path. And yep. this next question has to be, it's a bit introspective, if you will. I'd like to know if Steve Wood was a car, what kind of car would he be and why? Oh, oh, I don't know. It's that, That is a tough one. <laughs> I think I've been many cars over the years. I think I've, it's one of those things, but I know for a fact that whoever Steve Wood is a car uh, would be, is that he would, he would have a romantic relationship with Lily the Cobra. Uh, <laughs> and because whenever I'm driving Lily around, I feel like Steve McQueen. Oh, nice. And it's just, it's just a fantastic feeling. Lily, Lily the Cobra makes you feel good. Lily the Cobra. I think so. If, yeah. uh, if Steve Wood was a car, uh, Wow. He'd probably be like that song from, I think, Johnny Cash. Was, uh, I have a 55, 56, 57, 58, 59 Oh, yeah, Cadillac. the Cadillac. The guy steals a part every day, every yeah, week out of I the plant. Yep. I think, that's, uh, I think that's the Steve Wood car. Kind is, of a is, combination is, of things. Oh, he's a mutt. He is a mutt. <laughs> there but, you, you know, there's no, more dog, there's no more dog in America that's lovable than the, than the good old-fashioned loyal mutt. There you, know? you go. And I, I, I'm, I'm a mutt. Very nice. I love that. That's why I like to ask that question. It brings out some really great introspective answers. So I love that. We're about to enter the last lap. But before we do, here's a word from our sponsor and Cars yeah guest, Dwight Knowlton. Carpe Viem. Seize the road. It's the motto at carpegear.com, where you'll find the Little Red Racing Car, an award-winning book written and illustrated by passionate car guy Dwight Knowlton. It's a spectacular way to introduce children to the love of cars. It's an inspirational award winner, and Yahoo Autos calls it the best kids' car book ever. Plus, it's printed in the USA. I may be an adult, but this kid loves the little red racing car. Dwight is finishing a second book in collaboration with Sir Sterling Moss about the story of his record-breaking win of the 1955 Mille Miglia. Check out Dwight's Carpe Viem brand, where you can find his book, shirts, and more that embrace his seize-the-road philosophy. Enjoy Carpe Viem at carpegear.com. 
and be sure to sign up for his newsletter while you're there. That's carpegear.com, C-A-R-P-E-Gear.com. All right, Steve, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you buckled up and ready? Yes, sir. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? It's actually from Ronald Reagan, trust but verify. Ah, (laughs) one of my favorite guys. Perfect. Could you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? Never take anything for granted. Yes, absolutely, especially in your industry. And do you have a resource that you would share with the Cars Yow listeners? I understand there are a lot out there these days with websites and blogs and so forth, but is there one in particular you think they should get their eyes on? It's so difficult on the internet. I think Club Cobra is good for the Cobra uh, community, gt40s.com for the GTs. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of good forums. But keep in mind, a lot of those forum guys have never actually touched a car. Yeah, verify, verify, verify. (laughs) There we go. And would you share a book with our listeners that you think they would enjoy reading? Go Like Hell. Ah, that's a great book. Yes, definitely. That is. That is. That's an epic story. Yeah, great. I'll remind our listeners, you can find these great resources at carsyad.com slash Steve Wood. All right, Steve, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy for some people. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, but money's no object, I'll buy you whatever you'd like today. What would that one vehicle be and why? Well, money is secondary because it's always about concepts. I was in Los Angeles recently visiting uh, a friend, and I, I went to the back of the Beverly Wilshire Hotel, and in a row was a McLaren P1, a LaFerrari, and a Bugatti Veyron. Oh, gosh. And so if you, if you write just in a row, it's yeah. by valet parking. And so that's, that's like $5 million of hardware in less than 50 feet. Yeah. And all I could think to myself is, man, one of my GT40 gets built, we're going to clean their clock. <laughs> so the answer to your question is? Uh, the answer to the question, I, if it had to be a collector car, it would be the Daytona Coupe that won the world championship. It would be CSX 2601, which is owned by a very uh, nice Argent- Argentinian gentleman, uh-huh. as that really says success, because we won, the Daytona Coupe won the 1965 World FIA Championship with that car. Yeah. And that shape of Daytona Coupe, no two Daytona Coupes are, are really shaped the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, CSX 2601 is is the car for me. Pete and I have a different opinion on that one, but uh Oh yeah. You know, it's it, it's good to have a discussion. He's got other favorites. 2287 is his favorite, which was in the Smithsonian or referenced in the Smithsonian, which is in the Simeon Museum. Mm-hmm. And that's yes, that's a neat car. And that's the prototype car that uh Pete banged sheet metal out on in 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 Southern California. Right. And then the other five Daytona coupes were uh were were hammered out in in Italy by a body manufacturer on on AC Cobra chassis. Yeah, I, I think my favorite car still right now is, is Lily the Cobra, regardless <laughs> of price. There you go. Wonderful. Steve, you've taken us on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yow listeners and with me. Would you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Daytona Coupe serial number CSX2601? I think the best piece of advice I give anybody is go do it. No sleep till Brooklyn. Get it done. Everybody has a, has their own little way of procrastinating, put things off and saying, well, someday I'll do this and someday I'll do that. But guess what? Today is someday. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Great advice. 
Listeners, you can find links to everything Steve has been so gracious to share with us today at carsyad.com slash Steve Wood. Just put Steve in the search box and his show notes page will pop right up. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about your business and what you're doing? The Panavia website, and we're on social media. You can look me up on Facebook uh, and Panavia, and we're, we're on Twitter. So if you do uh, Panavia LLC, uh, most things should pop up, and you should be able to find me from there. And then uh, uh, Steve Wood, uh, if you look me up on, on Facebook, I'm on there, and join the conversation. Absolutely. And you can find all these things at his show notes page at Cars yeah. Steve, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. It's been great fun. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Fantastic, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.